0: not your average girl podcast it's sarah and jess and we are you know going with the flow recording via zoom uh because you know covid reasons and we're not allowed to be (laughs) together so i get to see her pretty face um from afar today so forgive us if our audio is not as good as usual, not that our audio is always perfect anyway, but it might be even uh, even a little bit less.
1: Yes, please, please forgive our audio quality.
0: Okay, Jazz, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we are going to talk about self-care, misconceptions about self-care, what consumer self-care is, and kind of what self-care means to us and our personal journey with self-care. How many times I just say self-care.
0: Oh my god. So Jess and I both have anxiety um, as I'm sure we both have talked about before and something that gets preached to us a lot is that we really need to practice self-care. While like yes that's something we both believe is true, uh, we also take a lot of issue with um, some of the ways that people construe self-care, some of the you know limitations to self care that we've encountered so we thought instead of you know going into the big bad giant topic of anxiety we should hone in on this little niche of self care and see mm-hmm. if anyone is with us in our self care struggles <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so i think like a place just a good place to start is to kind of talk about the meaning of self care because I think that because of social media and all this stuff that self-care has gotten really like glamorized, it's become this like this aesthetic and it's like, oh yeah, I'm taking this like blue sparkly bubble bath with a candle and a glass of wine and I'm in just self-care. I'm going to take an Instagram picture and that's not necessarily not self-care. Like that very much could be self-care for someone, but I feel like there's a much broader definition. So I was doing some good old research on Google and I came across a couple definitions, which I like because they're a little bit more broad. Sarah, let me know if you agree with these. Okay. So the first one's really simple. It's just pick, paying attention to and supporting one's own health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, I feel like though, there's so many ways to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then the next one's um, an act or activity we do deliberately to take care of a certain aspect of our health, whether, whether it be mental, physical, or emotional.
0: So one thing that I think is like really important to remember is that taking care of, so one thing that I think is really important to remember when we talk about our physical health and taking care of our physical health is that we should not be equating our health with our weight. And I think that sometimes when we talk about self-care, we start to put this pressure on ourselves. That means like taking care of your health is working out and eating perfectly well and being super healthy. And that means you're losing weight. And I think sometimes that's actually really toxic. So I think it's important that taking care of your health is construed as, you know, if you're suffering from, I don't know, eating disorders, it means eating properly, eating enough. If you're suffering from mental health issues, it means sometimes just like lying there and taking time to just be a vegetable because you just need time to breathe and relax. And like, that is all taking care of yourself and your health too. And I think we forget that sometimes when we talk about health Yeah, health is so presented to us, like it means our weight. And it just, that's not the reality.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think that like self-care looks different person to person, like something that maybe I would have done as an act of self-care five years ago, isn't necessarily the same thing that I would do now for myself as an act of self-care because I evolve and I change. And like the seasons of my life change. Like when I, I know you can relate to the Sarah, when I was at BCIT and I was so freaking busy. I literally only had like maybe like a spare 20 minutes in the day to focus on myself. An act of self-care was actually getting up from my bed before I go to sleep to like brush my teeth, to actually get up to do that. Like to me at that point, that was an act of self-care because my life was crazy. There was no freaking way an act of self-care was like going to get a massage. First of all, I was broke. Second of all, I had no time. So Now, an act of self care is probably more extensive for me than that because I have more time in my day. But I think that like it just means that we shouldn't compare because all of our different ways for self care are valid. I think it just depends on what speaks to you in your present day.
0: Yeah, I mean that totally. I mean you know that that speaks to me because I have been in intense schooling for like nine years um, and. In my profession, self care gets preached a lot because my profession has a really high burnout rate, especially within the first five years in the career. Um, so a lot of people preach self care and they say, you know, you have to look after yourself. But from the same person's mouth comes like these tasks that you have to complete. That you kind of you're you're hearing contradictory statements like do these ten things this week that will have you working all day, every day, but also make sure you take time to go outside and go walk. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, like when do you think I'm going to be doing those things on top of everything you've just asked for me? So I've always kind of taken issue with don't preach self care to me. If you're also going to provide me with a life that limits my ability to take care of myself, and I don't know, maybe that just comes from a place of like minor resentment or uh, fast, but I'm just finding right now, like my biggest acts of self-care are so limited. Like seeing you just once a week is an act of self-care for me. And I have to work so hard to ensure I have enough time every Sunday that I can sit with you and record because even the like one to maximum three hours that we spend together one day a week is like Borderline more than I should have taken on. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. And like, then for you, then for somebody to say like, "Oh, but you should also be going on daily walks. and You should also be out every day and meal prepping and all this oh, stuff." I'm like, "Are you
1: God? Give me a break." <laughs> I know, and that's the thing too. Like, if if the idea of like participating in like a self care activity in quotations adds more stress, it's it's not self care. Like. I think that we, I don't know. I just, I really struggle with this whole self-care being this like bonus thing. Like to me, self-care isn't like a bonus or an add-on or an afterthought. To me, I think successful self-care is something that's intentional and it's worked into your daily life. And it's something that like you do every day out of respect for yourself and more importantly, out of respect for your future self. To me, that's an act of self-care. So, Sometimes you need a little extra self-care. So for example, you know, that's the night that you take a bubble bath or like that's the night, the day that you're really stressed and you go for a nice long walk. But we should have little acts of self-care that are built into our daily routines that are kind of a standard that aren't going above and beyond. It's just showing ourselves that daily level of respect. You know, for me, like I really love to do like my morning and evening skincare routine. Like for me, that's very therapeutic. It's very relaxing. Like I don't spend a lot of time on my appearance. So for me, that's a very, uh, calming thing to do. I really like that. And it's built into my everyday routine and I respect myself enough that even when I get home and I'm super, super tired, I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to do this for myself. And like, I, I do it and it feels great right? And it's kind of built into my everyday life. And it's just really about being intentional about it and kind of making a personal commitment to yourself, in my opinion. Like, I, I prefer to think about self-care in that way, because when we just think about self-care as something we do when we're really stressed, well, then it's not really effective <laughs> because yeah. you're trying to do damage control. And it's like, why do we even let ourselves get to that point? Like, obviously, sometimes life gets away from us life isn't always perfect. Obviously it doesn't work out that way. And some days you will drop the ball on it, which is natural and totally fine. But I think we should be looking at self-care more of a daily thing that's obtainable on the day to day. Like it's like a continued promise that we make to ourselves that this is something that I do every day because it, uh, it grounds me and it gives me clarity and I like it. And it's just for me.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think so I can share with you what mine are because I think a lot of people can relate to my circumstance right now where life is so busy that no way can I do those big self-care acts. So throughout the day I have lots of little things that I do every single day. And one is like just as simple as my morning coffee. I get up an extra five minutes early, which makes no difference in my sleep to have a morning coffee before I start moving. I just sit and I drink about half of my morning co- coffee before I start doing anything else and just being able to sit. And like, usually I turn on a podcast or watch The Office or just something um, that I enjoy. And it's just like a few minutes of nothing but my coffee and my podcast or my TV show or whatever. And it's so, such a peaceful way for me to start my day. And then, when I plan my days, I always plan my days around my food because I absolutely love food. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes it's literally just as simple as I have a delicious salad at lunch that's like full of my favorite things like pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds and dried cranberries. And it's just so tasty. And I love it. And I only have half an hour for lunch every single day. And when you're a teacher, that means that you have 10 minutes for lunch because (laughs) the first 10 minutes is getting everybody outside. The last 10 minutes is getting everybody inside. So, um, but sometimes just that 10 minutes of eating my delicious food is just so uplifting. And then I'm also on medication. So um, because I have anxiety, I'm medicated and I take my pill every night before bed. And it's funny because sometimes I'm so tired, I actually like don't even allow myself I don't know the respect to give myself the respect to get out of bed, take that pill and know that it's going to help me um, because I'm just so exhausted. and just like, whatever, I'll take it tomorrow. And the fact that that's like a, an act of self-care is something I think a lot of people don't recognize that sometimes simply taking your medication can do that for you. So um, that's my little day-to-day acts of self-care.
1: I love that. I love what, like what you said about taking your medication is an act of self-care because like, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be an extravagant thing. It, and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the idea of self-care is so freaking glamorized and commercialized. And it makes me so mad because it's not about that. Like self-care is literally just about doing things to take care of yourself. I don't know. I just, I, I, I love that example because I think that's just, it, it's putting it very simply and you're right at its core. That's exactly what self-care is. It's taking the steps that you need to be a happy and healthy, balanced person.
0: Yeah. And and you know what though? I want to go back because you said something that made me smile. And like, I purposefully didn't tell you this when we were just like talking about, you know, what we're going to talk about today and whatever, because I thought it would be interesting to hear your reaction to it. But you actually said this before I even got to it. And I love that that happened. Okay, you said it's doing things for your future self. And for me, like the framework for self care, I literally have like a name for it and I call it gifts to my future self. Oh, I love that. And I know that's something you and I talked about is that, self-care isn't always this like marvelous, relaxing, pleasant thing that we're doing. Sometimes they're really hard, difficult acts that take a lot of willpower or energy um, because you know that the next morning your future self is going to wake up and be grateful that you did it. And like you were talking about your skincare routine. And I know that um, your skin is something that you are insecure about and you suffer with. So I know that that's a gift you give yourself to yourself by saying, you know what? I don't even care. I could be drunk. I could be exhausted. I could have been out all night, but I'm going to do my skincare routine before bed because tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm be so glad that I did it. And that's the same with me and my medication, right? Like if I don't take it, I'm going to suffer the next day. Sure, I'll have a great sleep, but, (laughs) you know, so I think that using the gift to your future self as a framework for self-care is like the ultimate best way you can see things. Because sometimes that means you choose, I don't know, meal prepping over taking a bubble bath. Because in three days, you're not going to be glad you took the bubble bath. You're going to be glad that you meal prepped. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I I love that you said that because I was going to use that exact phrase. And when you said it, I couldn't help but smile because I was like, Oh my God, we must have been friends for 12 years. Because (laughs) 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 Oh, you read my mind.
1: Yeah. I think that's really quite powerful too. like, to, to make sure you consider your future self when you're taking actions like that, because, you know, let's be, I'll be honest. We all have days where we feel like shit and we're not motivated. And, doing it for a present self isn't quite enough some days because you're kind of your present self is not feeling it your present self is like fuck no i'm in a bad mood i got my period whatever my boyfriend said something that irritated me i miss my boss whatever it is your present self not here for it and it might not necessarily be very motivating for you so doing it for that future self can give you someone to look at and give you something to strive for. I think it's right? just a little bit more inspiring when, you know, you're not necessarily feeling it that day. Cause we're not, you know, we're not freaking robots. Like some days, yeah. yeah some days you're not here for it. Some yeah. days you want to be a literal potato in bed, stuff your <laughs> face with food that you know you shouldn't. And yeah. But remembering what you're going to be like in three days when you've kind of snapped out of, you know, whatever feeling or state you're in, that's the person you're doing it for, right? Or at least also that person.
0: Exactly. So here is my question to you then, because this is something that I struggle with. Because to me, there is a line between your future self and your present self, where sometimes it is okay to just do the lying in bed and being a vegetable and eating something that makes you so happy. Like, Yeah, sometimes that is the right choice. But Mm -hmm. I think my question to you is, do you suffer as much as I do with the concept of like, when is it okay? And, and when is it becoming harmful to you?
1: Yeah, I think that's hard. I think that probably will vary person to person. Like, I think you kind of have to know yourself and know what you struggle with. Um, and I don't think that's a clear line. Like I think some days when you do think it's self care, you might wake up the next day and be like, you know what, What, that wasn't really like that, that maybe wasn't super healthy and it didn't make me feel better in the way that I thought it would. And that's okay. Like, I think you just kind of like tune into that next time. Um, so for me, I think, yeah, I don't know. There's no perfect answer for that, but I think it's just really listening to your body and the way that when you when you do certain acts of self-care, how it does make you feel the next day or two days after, like, oh, when, you know, that, you know, at 9pm, I I feel like I want to do this. And then, okay, you do it the next morning, you wake up, how do you how did that make you feel that you did that? Are you like, Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. I feel so rejuvenated. Like, yeah, I went ham on a bag of chips. But like, fuck, yeah, you know, I just had my night. And today, I feel like I can tackle the world, then great. Like, that's a great check-in for you. Like you're you're listening to your mood, you're evaluating how things make you feel, which is something that we should be doing all the time. But if the next day you wake up and you're like, you know what, I don't think like, you know, I think that might have made me feel worse or like I don't really think that did for me what I thought it would, or your thought process is a little bit more negative, then maybe it's not it might not necessarily be to not do it again, but I, I think that just means that you need to pay closer attention to that the actions you're taking and how they make you feel in the long run, which is what we should be doing all the time. We should be so aware of everything we do and how it impacts our mental health. We are in control of the choices and the actions we take in our life. I think a lot of times we just ignore our response to them, but it's very powerful to evaluate and assess and journal and write and think about how the actions we take make us feel an hour later, a day later, a week later.
0: Yeah, you know what is so interesting to me about that is that I think something that people should tell us about self-care and, and don't is that it takes a, a huge amount of self-awareness to practice mm-hmm. it properly. Um, you have to be aware, like fully self-aware and you have to be reflexive and um, you have to know yourself quite well so i just find that really i don't know that's a difficult a difficult ask to me just even the beginning of getting to know yourself that well is has to be labeled self-care in and of itself because oh, totally totally you can't, you can't get there without that knowledge and really if you if you haven't spent that time becoming like very very self-aware and this is not to say that i have i mean I would say that is something that I always work on, but I'm not going to act like I am an extremely self-aware person. Um, But if you haven't spent that time, you're going to end up doing things that you um, could harm you really could harm you could help you. You kind of, you're you're kind of shooting in the dark for like what's going to land with you. Because like we said, for some people, self-care can be eating an entire bag of chips and for others, like myself who has food addictions that would be an extremely toxic um, thing to practice. Right. So I just, I do find that like a really that self-awareness component to be like so important and something that no one ever told me. And in fact, I don't think I even really thought about until you just talked about the amount of reflecting and assessment and checking in with yourself is required
1: I think you're right, and I think that because we're bombarded by images of self-care all the time on social media and what self-care looks like for other people, it might be confusing for us to understand what self-care looks like for us, right? Like it's it's a very unique thing. So, yeah, I think I, I do think that there's an exploratory period there, and I think that's a beautiful thing, and it's not going to be a linear, clean process. It's going to be sometimes it'll be hard, and sometimes you won't get it right. And maybe if it's especially hard that this is, like a, this is something that you discuss with a counselor or this is something you discuss with a trusted friend, like it, it's a very important thing and it doesn't necessarily have to be done alone. Like self-care is, I think, effective self-care is the result of self-work and introspection, which can come from a lot of different ways. But yeah, if you, I think if you want your self-care to be effective and healthy it's an, it's very much an extension of other practices of maintaining mental health. But if we go back to this definition, self-care is just an taking care of our health, okay, right. mental health. So it really, it's, it's, it's so intertwined. And that's why I think this concept of self-care is just so vomit inducing, because it's like, <laughs> no, it's just, it's, doing things that make us happy and listening to the way that things make us feel. And I don't know if it's necessarily really more complicated than that. Because even if we're talking about like really difficult things, like we were talking before about how like an act of self-care isn't always a pretty or aesthetic or a nice thing. An act of self-care can be cutting out a toxic friendship, right? That feels very hard and icky to do when you're doing it. It it, it's not great. It's, there's tension, there could be fighting, there could be anything. And that in of itself isn't self-care at all. But the act of knowing that you need to remove a toxic person from your life and believing in yourself enough to take that step to do that. That's the ultimate act of self-care.
0: Yeah. Right. Wow. You're like, you're <laughs> in that little speech you just made. I, I, wanted to go off on like eight different tangents and i'm trying to sort through my thoughts right now because you made so many errors. i feel
1: like <laughs> i'm on a roll right now so i'm maybe gonna mute my microphone so
0: i stopped up no it was amazing <laughs> don't mute yourself but <laughs> i do want to address first of all the fact that you say like you can't always get it right and like one of my main notes that i have written down here is that a key in self-care is self-forgiveness yeah and Self care means you're not punishing yourself for the things that you didn't do great. So, like for me, if I do, you know, end up binging on that bag of chips, it's only going to hurt me more to be like, wow, you should have taken care of yourself. How dare you do that to yourself and all this stuff. It's the best thing I can do for myself is say, you know what? I'm human. I messed up. Moving on. It's okay. Because that is a huge act of self care, forgiving ourselves. And I think there's a lot of, I don't know, pressure to take care of ourselves in this weird day and age we live in, um, where women kind of have this, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I feel a pressure that, you know, women are badasses. Women can do all women can take on so much. And it's so true, but it's so hard, (laughs) but we also don't have to be all those things all the time exactly like and, we're
1: allowed to be tired and we're allowed to be grumpy and we're allowed to not want to be at all
0: exactly but that's for me it's like i almost have to remember to forgive myself for the fact that like i'm not a machine <laughs> i have to remember that like people are preaching yeah. self-care at me and if i'm not taking care of myself perfectly it's okay like mm-hmm. i can figure it out i it, i'm not gonna i don't need to hate myself for it i don't need to feel less than other women because They are able to do all of what I'm doing, plus take great care of themselves. Um, So that's something that I've struggled with. I don't know if that's a common struggle. But then the other thing is that, oh, my God, dare I even go down this rabbit hole? But the culture we live in being so, um, hmm, how do I put this? (laughs) Well, we get preached self-care so often in this little box that's presented like self-care is getting your nails done, taking a bubble bath, um, having a delicious green smoothie on the way to work, whatever it may be. And just you hit the nail on the head when you said like, that is an elitist idea of what self care is. And you told me that earlier. And I just, to me, that's what this all comes down to. Yeah. Is like, is that really self care? If only some of us have access to it? Yeah. I mean, there's,
1: there's a very large amount of people that can't afford to go out and buy themselves a oat milk latte and get their nails done every time that they're upset about something. And that's not to, make fun of people that do do that when they need to, when they feel like they need self-care. I do that sometimes like, yeah, sure. But yeah, to, to think that these material and these commercial acts are the only worthy acts of self-care, the only worthy acts of self-care to advertise to the world is just so wrong. You're right. You're right. It's, is it self-care if people of all, you know, race, gender, economic status, incomes can't access it. And that's why I kind of like, I want us to broaden our perception of what self-care is because I think right now we think what self-care is 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 consumer self-care. But consumer self-care is not a technique for working on yourself. Consumer self-care is a fucking industry. So we need to stop with that.
0: Yeah, and I think when I was talking about, you know, the pressure that I feel, I know that that pressure is coming from an industry that's marketing women of my age, my demographic, you know, um, self-care because they're seeing that, you know, women of my age, my ethnicity, my gender, my social class are working our butts off, right? Right. And they're saying they're, they're like seeing these people who have just enough money to feed into their industry of self-care. And that's exactly what it is. Jess, you're so right. It is an industry and a bath bomb does not equal self-care. And a bubble bath does not equal self-care. A hundred dollar bottle of wine does not equal self-care. And you know what? Like It is all about your intention when you're doing any of those things and not things that you're doing per se. So, like, if I'm taking a bubble bath because I know that, like, my need right now is to have quiet time with my thoughts in a comfortable setting, then, yeah, it's my prerogative to use a $25 bath bomb or whatever. But I also don't necessarily need that. Like, I could just lie on my couch close my eyes, take some deep breaths, listen to some calming music. Like there's other things I could do that aren't so um I don't know, commercialized that would give me okay. the same care. And if you're going out and you're getting your nails done because you're like I just got to do something to distract me and I like having my nails done, then maybe you need to check like what exactly is this doing for me? And if you're going out and you're getting your nails done because you're insecure about your hands and you are going to a job interview and you just feel like this is going to boost your confidence, like go girl, get your nails done, get it. But you really, I think, need to assess your intention when you're choosing your act of self-care because we are marketed at constantly about what self-care is supposed to look like. That's my rant.
1: (laughs) I love that you use the word intention. I think that that is so the key is like understanding, like, why am I doing this? Because if you reflect on your intention before you participate in whatever act of self-care you want, and you're really honest with yourself about your intention, then, and then it, And you're like, yeah, my intention for doing this is because I know this is gonna make me feel good, then you are free to freaking do whatever the heck and Bob you want with your self-care. Like you you go buy that new pair of Lululemons, you go do that, like but if your intention is more so like I today I feel bad about myself and you know, as an act of self-care, I'm gonna treat myself to these new Lululemons, right? Okay. So why, why are we actually doing that? Is it because you, maybe that day you were feeling insecure that like your best friend, you know, was looking really hot at the gym and you're not feeling good about yourself. So now you're like buying a new pair of pants because like you want to try to feel pretty, right? Like, what's, and even in that, like, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like reflecting on like the why, why are we we being driven to take certain acts of self-care? Why do we feel compelled by external forces that our self-care should always involve swiping a credit card? No. I mean, maybe sometimes, but that's not the, that's not the prerequisite. Like it's not, it's, they're not one in the same. There are so many beautiful things that we can do for ourselves that are so genuine and authentic. And maybe actually now that I'm thinking about it, like maybe it's partly because acts of self-care that you purchase don't require self-work. Like if you think about it, like going to get your nails done and being like self-care or like really getting a bubble bath and like taking a picture saying self-care. Also, I'm not bashing these things. I'm just using them as an example. But you you know, how much self-work are you actually doing when you participate in those activities? As opposed to like the self-care of knowing that you need, that you deserve the discipline to carve out 10 minutes in your evening to meditate or to journal or to sit alone with your thoughts. Like that requires more mental work. That requires us to be alone with our thoughts. That requires reflection. And a lot of those things are scary. Whereas going and buying a bottle of wine and drinking it. And, you know, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but like, are we, are we actually giving ourselves the same level of care there? Are we actually slowing down enough to say, why do I need this self-care in the first place? Why am I feeling so compelled to take this dramatic action anyways? Because whatever is causing you to make feel that way, it's probably not going to be solved by getting your nails done.
0: (laughs) Accurate. Yeah. You know what? I I love that you said what you said, because it kind of leads into exactly what I wanted to say next, which is, you know, we live in this culture of instant gratification and everything we do, we want it to happen instantly. We want all new books at our fingertips, all new shows, all new music, all new podcasts, everything is is instant gratification. And I think Mm -hmm. self-care is marketed to us. Like here's the easy fix, you know, here's the way that you can get better. Like, and for someone like us, you and I, who both have anxiety, um, you know, it's so tempting to look at something as the easy fix. As, like, here's the answer to your problems. Oh, take a bubble bath, buy a Starbucks, um, spend $100 on a yoga class, one yoga class kind of thing. Like, as if that's the ultimate, like, instant gratification fix to our problems. And, oh, my God, you know what? I was diagnosed with anxiety at 11. no. 15 years later a yoga class is not going to be the instant cure for my anxiety it isn't unfortunately and i have to learn that yeah yoga is a powerful thing and absolutely yoga could help my anxiety but nothing no act of self-care is going to give me instant gratification in this scenario and every single act i do is going to take energy time and work and Yeah. I mean, that's something that no one wants you to know because they want you to buy things, continue to buy things until you find the right cure.
1: Yeah. That's why well companies are banking on the fact that the next thing that they produce is going to be the thing that, you know, they, they want to keep you thinking that that next thing is going to be what does it. Like maybe when you have the perfect skincare routine with the perfect diet, with the perfect copy, with the perfect clothes with the perfect workout routine, with the perfect this, then maybe you'll have some sort of (laughs) self-satisfaction. Yeah. Right? Which is just not... That's not going to happen.
0: No. Our emotions are so much deeper than that. Yes. When I have clear skin and nice nails and my hair done, I do feel better. But I don't feel my best. Like, my best comes from way deeper than that. Like, it just... I don't know, those things can help you on small levels, but the most powerful things that you can do for yourself are being honest with yourself, forgiving yourself, working on the things about yourself that are not maybe the best traits you have. All of those things are so much more powerful, but they require so much more work. And you know what? I keep thinking back to this and I'm like going back and forth on whether I say this on this podcast, but I'm a huge statistics nerd. That's like what I majored in and like qualitative or quantitative research. I know that worldwide, the people who are the happiest are actually people who have the least amount of money. They're people in countries that are not yet industrialized and like the whole theory behind that is that no one is telling them how their happiness is supposed to look and that their happiness is genuinely just coming from like their own inside (laughs) and they're not holding themselves to some other standard that people are saying like this is what it's supposed to feel like this is what it's supposed to look like and this is how you're supposed to do it those people are just happy because they're the best selves and they have families and they have friends and that's all they need to be feel happy. And it feels to me almost like this, the system that we're living in is like creating a problem so that they can sell us something to fix the problem. And it just, it makes me shake my head. Preach. (laughs)
1: Preach. So true. It's so, so true. And also, okay. So I just also want to talk a little bit about, I guess we kind of already talked about this, but I, I kind of just want to touch on like the fact that like self-care could just be like going to therapy. yeah, like self-care could just be keeping a journal. Self-care could be, you know, doing your gratitude exercises or saying affirmations to yourself. It's shocking because when I think about this now, I think so. I think most people now who live in our society participate in commercialized self-care. We all, you know, have a skincare routine, whatever. We we participate in some form of, but how many of us are actually participating in the real self-care? That's what I want to know. How many of us are actually doing the self-care that takes a little bit of work? I think that we're very quick to be like, "Oh, self-care! Gotta buy this new eye cream," but. I'm guilty of this too. How many of us are doing the type of self-care where it's like you're setting time aside to journal, you're setting time aside to meditate. You are, how many of us aren't really participating in those really productive forms of self-care? Probably like some and maybe some not every day, but I don't know, maybe it's worth reflecting on. Like I feel like maybe what I'm going to be, that's what I'll be reflecting on after this conversation is, you know how much of like the self-care that I participate in is actually like constructive is actually making me a better person for tomorrow. There's so many different types of self-care, but maybe I feel like maybe I've been neglecting a little bit more of an introspective self-care or even a reflective self-care.
0: Yeah. I think have more space for that. Yeah. I think that things like a nice relaxing bubble bath and getting your nails done and treating yourself to a hot coffee, are great things to do for yourself to show yourself love and compassion but they only work when they're compiled with um that real introspective Mm self-work and done out of love for yourself not out of like a desperation to fix something or to fill a void or to meet a standard of self-care that you think you're supposed to be giving yourself like they need to be compounded with the real work that you should be doing on yourself and yeah here we are preaching this nonsense and we know each other well enough to know that you and I both don't take good enough care of ourselves a lot of the time and I think it's something we all struggle with so it's fair to say that we're totally in it together and and we all need to to really work on seeing that side of it I think
1: yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I feel like it's kind of like everyone learns about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like I'm just, that's what kind of what comes to mind, right? It's like it builds, it builds off this foundation of like, are your most basic emotional and mental well-being needs met? And I think that like these commercial these commercial self-care items are very much at the top of the pyramid. It's not saying that they're invalid. It's not saying that you can't participate in them. It's not saying that there's anything wrong of them, but they can't exist or they don't exist effectively unless you're building that solid foundation of things that are core to being a happy and well-balanced person. And the things that would go at the bottom of that pyramid, in my opinion, would be you know taking care of your mental health, um, ensuring your physical health is in touch, your family, quality time with your friends, going to counseling. Like that's to me, you're smiling right now. And I'm like,
0: this <laughs> is you. Because I literally just was like, hey, Jess, are we about to create a uh, NYAG hierarchy of self-care, <laughs> literally I like, I can't it's literally no, but it's literally like, I need to put it on our Instagram page because we could totally create a NYAG m- hierarchy of self-care. I think it's valid. I think it's something that we could use to like guide our <laughs> self-care activities. <laughs> I love it. But
1: yeah, I think that would be really helpful for us to all think about it that way, right? Like there's, there is a place for each type, but you need to ensure that your foundation is solid. So if you're taking the time to recognize, like, I guess the next time that you feel that urge of like, ah, I need, I need self-care. I need to do whatever this more commercial part of self-care is. Use that to check in with those baseline things. Have I had an enriching conversation with a family or a friend? family member or friend lately? Have I gone for, have I exercised? Have I eaten a meal that is nutritious and delicious? Have I journaled? Have I thought about the root of this feeling? And maybe, you know, we start pairing a more uh, deliberate act of self-care with a more reflective act of self-care. And maybe if we can pair those together, it'll be so much more effective
0: I think that you should have become a therapist and I'm officially hiring you as my life coach.
1: <laughs> okay. Relax. <laughs> okay. I say this as I'm like thinking about making a giant bowl of popcorn after this. Um,
0: and yeah, Girl,
1: just use it. Also, I literally just spent $400 a Lululemon. <laughs>
0: oh my God.
1: Ridiculous. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's fine
0: it uh, off
1: my rocker it's it's
0: great.
1: great. So please take my credit card away.
0: You know the last thing I really do want to touch on, and I think it's important, is that I think there is a level of self-care that is genuine self-care that does require finances. Um and I think we've just drafted a world where you kind of do to a certain degree need a level of financial stability to access quality self-care or at least in in some cases and it is really a piss off to me that only people of a certain class have access to that quality self-care like I think about the fact that like you know most people even listening to this have to have enough money to have internet a cell phone a computer um headphones whatever speakers so even if this is like your self-care listening to a podcast and to random white girls like babbling about nonsense fine um but some people don't even have access to that and let alone like quality mental health care and counseling and you know my medication costs me money every single month like And then, you know, we live in Canada where at least our medical care is mostly covered. But in the States, like, your access to mental health care is so, so expensive. And in other places in the world, too. So I just think that it's really important to remember that, like, yes, we talk about, you know, we don't necessarily need to be spending money in order to take care of ourselves. Um, However, I think that's only true if you're of a certain social class and uh, we need to recognize that there are some people who, you know, could really use that financial boost and it would make a huge difference in the amount that they could um, put into self-work and self-care and that's the world we live in. So maybe just. I agree. I I love that you recognize
1: that. Like, Not everyone has access to mental health support. Even in Canada, if you don't have coverage, it can, you know, you can be priced out of that quite, quite easily. And yeah, I think it is really important to recognize that not everyone is that privileged, right? Sometimes the act of self-care for some people is just able to, being able to like feed their kids and themselves. And I'm not, yeah, and that's, that's a whole other challenge and issue, but So let's just like take
0: a moment and be so thankful. And I think that my favorite act of self-care is like recognizing things I'm so thankful or grateful for. Let's just take a moment and be so thankful that we're privileged enough to get to think about self-care in this lens. Like that's a privilege. Like most people don't even have the ability to see it that way because it's not even an option. So thankful for that privilege. and I'm going to encourage you to all practice gratefulness every day. If you do nothing else to take care of yourselves that day, just practice, practice gratefulness. I do it with my students every single day. It's their favorite part of the day. And the gratefulness <laughs> that they come up with are so powerful because they're things that we kind of take for granted. Sometimes, sometimes my students will say things like I'm grateful for shoes. And at first, I like, kind of giggle like, well, yeah, like, okay. But then I'm like, well, you know what? We didn't have shoes. Like, we'd be stepping on sharp things. It would be freezing cold. Our feet would be dying. We'd be in pain. And it's just things that you don't even recognize as, you know, <laughs> grateful for, right?
1: Totally. Only a kid would think about that. But it's so true. Like, why shouldn't we be grateful for shoes? Do I want to go walk on gravel without shoes on? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's always so literal I love it I love
0: it I think I should start posting some of my kids gratefulnesses I think that would really uplift some spirits so (laughs) Uh, anyway do you have any final thoughts Jess
1: no I think all I would say is that like work on being in touch with yourself and just assess how the actions you take make you feel and you can only be the judge of that, unfortunately. And that's what I'm going to do. Like I, I'm a pretty self-aware person, but I I think that I can be better. I think that I can slow down and take inventory more so of how things make me feel. Mm. I think that would be a pretty valuable exercise for me and to practice more gratitude i kind of wanted to start that. And my excuse is that I haven't bought a cute journal yet, which is dumb as heck because this is literally playing into exactly everything I've been talking about. Oh my
0: God. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think my commitment is also to make sure I'm really practicing that gratitude. I call it gratefulness because that's like the title of what we use at school, but I definitely need to practice that gratitude. And I agree. I'm also quite self-aware, But I need to, sometimes I just ignore the things I'm aware of, like, hey, I really need to get more sleep, but I'm not going to kind of thing. So I think I really need to respect those things that I'm noticing a lot more. So I'm going to work on really respecting the things that I'm noticing and respecting myself and the things that I need. So, And then, you know, being kind to everybody just makes you feel good, just really does. So spreading kindness. Kill him with kindness is what I always say. That just makes me happy, and also I can't wait to see you face to face again. I day. know this. They miss you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man! Um, all right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. If you want to uh, follow us, lo- follow along with us on Instagram. You can find us as, at @notyouraveragegirl.podcast. Wow, you can really tell I got three hours of sleep last night. Holy cow. <laughs> um, uh You can find me at Jess R. Stafford on Instagram. And you can find Sarah at...
0: Sarah.mags on Instagram. Um, and thank you. I just want to say thank you. Because holy cow, did we ever think we'd even have as many listeners in as many places. Um, even the reviews we're getting, we just never thought this would be happening even to this extent. So Mm -hmm. it's really cool. And just thank you so much for being along for our nonsensical journey. It's been really fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, for me, I, on that note, like I feel like doing this podcast for me is like an act of self-care. Like when I finish recording with you Sarah and like usually you're here and you go home like I feel so good like my heart feels so alive like I feel so excited and happy and I love what we talk about and if anything I'm just glad that we get to chat Um, but yeah doing this is for me definitely something that makes my heart happy which I think is what everyone needs to do more of so I'm very grateful that's one thing I'm grateful for today for sure
0: me too oh you're gonna make me cry
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before Sarah starts crying, we will sign off.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye, friend. Bye.